So, Docs, uh, you mentioned you had something to share, so I want yeah. to give you the floor. I don't even know what this is about, but I uh, know. the floor is yours. Well, it's it's running related. Okay. Because when I'm running, I do a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I write segments for the show that are so well articulated, and it's so <laughs> frustrating when I struggle to recapture those thoughts when I get back to the house, mm-hmm. try to put pen to paper. So going forward, I'm looking for someone that can run with me and write <laughs> down everything that I say. We, it's, it's the only logical solution, right? But we can only do that when we fill the, 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 the staff, uh, Joanna's store with staff right. and intern, and then that's the third I job. I think this is like a campaign manager, right? Yeah, eventually this will this will um, okay. possibly be a a stepping stone to a campaign manager, <laughs> right? Right. But that is interesting because I have been thinking a lot about the current climate in our country, and for our international listeners, and probably for Chris Farley, our country is <laughs> yes. the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm very concerned about the divisiveness and the growing inability for uh, people to respect other people's views and the roles that both political parties are playing in this negativity. Um, And I understand that a lot of people don't want to hear about politics, and I'm most likely making Farley very nervous right now because he doesn't know what I'm about to say. (laughs) I'm sweating. Yeah, Farley, scale of 1 to 10, where are you? I'm at a uh, 10 plus. Okay. Yes. Uh, Well, it only goes to 10. Okay. This is is not a spinal tap uh, amplifier. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm going to try to be very respectful, Farley. Okay, good. However, I understand that even today, sensitivities are high, and I may be offending some of our listeners despite that intention. All I ask is that if you disagree with me, that you do so respectfully, and I hope that you will continue to enjoy our non-political podcast going forward, or maybe you turn to this podcast as an escape from the constant negativity in this world, and that's also fair. We intentionally make this a fun podcast for that reason. Mm-hmm. Living in D.C., everything always seems to be about politics. And I personally like creating something outside of that sphere. So, so I get it if you don't want to get politics on this show. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I put the segment description and times in the show notes every week. So if you want to skip this next segment uh, and, and go to our next d- topic, which is probably going to be about dogs, <laughs> uh, just check out the show notes and hit the skip button until you get there. We won't blame you. We'll see you again next week. That's fine. Um, I'm not trying to make everyone agree with me here, except for Farley. I just need to speak my mind because my frustration has gone to a boiling point and there's too much hurting in this country for me to, to, to keep being silent. Is that fair? All right. I'm with you. That's fair. All right. So up front, I would like to point out that I'm neither a Republican nor a Democrat. When I run for president in 2020, I'm going to be running as an independent. And it's very probable that my own political identity influences my viewpoint here. I acknowledge that, although in my mind, I feel like it gives me a better perspective of the two political party systems because I don't feel attached to either side, uh, it may also be a a leaning there. um, I admit that. But for me, politics should be about compromise. And the two political parties in this country, in my opinion, are out of control, both of them. They've created a climate where people dig their heels deep into the sand and refuse to budge. And I don't think anybody should be blindly following the political party's agenda without understanding the issues themselves. And people should feel comfortable disagreeing with the party agenda, a party that they, they identify with. They should feel comfortable disagreeing with certain issues. Why can't someone be a conservative 
view on one issue and a liberal issue on a different issue. Our founding fathers actually warned us against a two-party system, and the parties have gotten too strong. And I'm not going to read it because the speech is too flowery, but if, if you get bored one day, go ahead and read George Washington's farewell presidential speech. Most politicians are now working for their party and working to get reelected, and they're failing miserably at representing the people that they should be representing. And we need to take power away from the political parties, and we need to work together compromise, show respect to one another, and stop following the breadcrumbs of distraction that these poor excuses for leadership are putting on the trail. I encourage everybody to pay attention to the big issues. Don't name call. If your argument groups people together, then keep your mouth shut. If you're not listening, don't talk. Again, pay attention to the big issues at hand. All right, Donald Trump is a master at sleight of hand. But actually, he's not the master, because if you pay attention, you can see his tricks for what they are. You can tell when the news cycle is getting too close to something important that he does not want discussed when he starts tweeting about crooked Hillary again. He loves playing that card to get his base riled up and change the discussion. The day after Trump won the election, he absolved Clinton and said she would not go to jail. He flips back to crooked Hillary when he wants to distract the country. Typically, it happens when the discussion centers around his proven associations with Russia. That should tell you that he does not want people looking into Russia. The name-calling needs to stop. When someone makes a statement discounting them as alt-right or typical liberal without something constructive, it's damaging the conversation. If people cannot engage in political discussion without labels, then they should be listeners and keep their mouths shut. Why am I bringing this up? Because we all need to keep Donald Trump in check, all of us. And I understand why certain people voted for Donald Trump. Not everyone who voted for the Republican candidate is a white supremacist. I know that people support the Republican agenda, even if they don't agree with everything Trump says or pushes. They may have voted because they didn't want to vote for, for Clinton. There's a lot of reasons why people could have voted for Donald Trump. And I think that these people should be allowed to disagree with the president from time to time without feeling like they are betraying this country. And I think that Democrats should need to do a better job focusing on important issues and not falling for his distractions. So on Friday, Steph Curry, a star player for the NBA champion Warriors, made it known that he would not be going to the White House this year. In response, Donald Trump tweeted out a statement that said that Steph and his team were uninvited. This is ridiculously childish, and this behavior should be beneath the presidency. And let's be honest here. When somebody breaks up with you, you can't say, not so fast, I actually break up with you. So on behalf of Pace Nation, I would like to extend an invitation to the Golden State Warriors and any other major sports teams, major teams, Farley, an invitation to visit the Pace the Nation studios in lieu of a White House visit. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I think we can also arrange a barbecue or something in 2021 after I fumigate the White House and get myself settled in. <laughs> now, I thought that would be it. But the president significantly raised his hand on Friday at a political rally in Alabama. I was very disappointed and saddened by the speech from President Trump when he called for the NFL to fire the sons of bitches who take a knee during the national anthem prior to football games. While I ex respect the position that the American flag and national anthem have different meanings to different people, I felt like the president's tone was anti-presidential, his message was intentionally divisive, and his goal was to shift the message. 
Not once did the president take a thoughtful approach that all great leaders would have done. He should have acknowledged the issue that these are American citizens trying to bring attention to, and the fact is that the people of color feel unsafe in this country. Donald Trump completely hijacked the narrative of their protest. These individuals are not protesting America, not protesting the flag, and not protesting the military. They're trying to bring awareness to a very real problem in America, inequality, police brutality, and racial injustice. Donald Trump shifted the narrative and is trying to put these men out of jobs and silence them by changing the subject. Free speech does not protect the individual from the consequences of their speech. All NFL players who protest are doing so with the risk that their employers will fire them or that a sponsor might drop them. Neither the NFL or its teams have to employ an individual. But that's the NFL's decision and is completely inappropriate and abuse of the president's power to publicly try to influence the NFL to do so, despite his own beliefs. Donald Trump is the leader of 323 million Americans, not just the 198 million white citizens, and he's certainly not the leader of only the richest 3 million Americans. So I have an issue with the president using his platform trying to influence an American business, the NFL, pressuring them to fire its employees for their stand. This is an opinion that is okay for a private citizen to express, but the tone and message are unacceptable for the president. He attacked a business and he attacked individuals. By Saturday morning, there were three issues at hand. First, the original issue. African-American men who have a platform as professional football players trying to bring attention to the social issues of inequality, police brutality, and racial injustice. As a white man in this country, I have no idea what that feels like, but I can do my best to appreciate the fact that it is not right, that nobody should feel unsafe in this country. Nobody. Second, the spin by Trump. On Friday, he used strong language to disparage men of color. He labeled them as protesting America, the national anthem, the American flag, and its military. He introduced a false narrative and got rolling support. The president called for an American business, the NFL, to fire its employees over speech. Third, this resulted in the NFL feeling that it needed to defend its employees' rights to free speech. NFL Unity this weekend was about the NFL teams showing the president that they support the rights of their players to protest, and they would not be bullied. It doesn't mean that every player felt strongly enough about the issue to to protest individually, is about unifying against the president's attempt at oppression. I do respect the rights of the fans to boo the players if they felt like the flag or national anthem was being disrespected. I was completely confused why people in Arizona booed the Dallas Cowboys when they took a knee before the national anthem and then stood for the national anthem. In the moment, I thought that was pretty smart by the Cowboys. The Cowboys wanted to make their point of unity and they wanted to separate the message from the president's spin of being anti-American. So why did people boo them? What exactly were they booing? Even more confusing, the president tweeted out on Tuesday morning, the booing at the NFL football game last night when the entire Dallas team dropped to its knees was the loudest I ever heard, great anger. What the hell? Great anger? How is this a productive message? Also, there was no national anthem when they were kneeling. So how about misdirected anger? How about egg on your face, a big disgrace? That's a Queen reference, Farley. That's music. Again, I thought the Cowboys' move was smart. 
I thought they made their point while defusing Trump's rally cry. I thought that they would be praised the next day for their move, but I was surprised to read criticism the next day, which helped me see the three sides of this story that I mentioned earlier. People are upset that the NFL did not do enough. While the NFL unified to support its own players who were speaking out, the NFL did not use its large platform to step up and speak to these social injustices. While they do not punish the individuals for their social stands and are allowing players to make these statements, the NFL is falling short to stand out against these issues themselves. But let's be clear, the NFL players are not protesting the national anthem, the American flag, or the military. That is a false narrative. I'm pro-military. My father went to West Point, he fought in Vietnam, and retired from the military when I was in high school. I have other uncles that went to West Point and served the United States, and both of my grandfathers defended our flag in Europe during World War II. My mother's father continued to serve after the war and achieved the rank of three-star general. I consider my family a military family. I was brought up to respect the flag and all that it stands for, but we were also taught that the flag represented the United States of America and all of her citizens. It's not pick and choose. And if someone feels strongly about an issue that causes them to use the flag and the national anthem as a vehicle to express their message, perhaps you should ask, why do they feel that way? And is there something that we can do as a country to make these citizens feel safer rather than calling them a son of a bitch and trying to silence them? I'm offended that Donald Trump is using the military for his political gain. Donald Trump was a draft dodger during Vietnam. He used his white privilege and monetary influence to avoid military service. He also made a completely below-the-belt childish comment about Republican Senator John McCain. Trump said, I like people who weren't captured. McCain was an American POW during Vietnam War for five and a half years. I don't want Donald Trump lecturing me about respecting the flag or the military, which he has clearly shown no respect for, and I don't think he's earned the right to rally this country either. While we're talking about inappropriate strong language the president used when talking about an American who is peacefully protesting, where was that strong language when American citizens chanted Nazi slogans of hate and killed a woman in Charlottesville, a place that is near and dear to my heart? How does a peaceful protest for racial equality bring the wrath of the commander-in-chief, but the violent demonstration of hate does not? How is it that the president is calling out Steph Curry, Colin Kaepernick, and Jamil Hill by name for their social commentary, but a man like Sheriff Joe, who violated the constitutional rights of American citizens through racial profiling, gets a presidential pardon before due process in the courts. Before due process. Zero checks and balances there. Looking back, I hope that people remember that Donald Trump led the birther movement. For six years, he harassed President Barack Obama, saying that he had to prove that he was born in America. Trump pushed the agenda to discredit Obama. Obama was born in Hawaii. Trump is rich enough to fly to Hawaii and obtain a copy of the birth certificate. They have golf courses there. He would have been comfortable. Trump decided that he was going to push a lie about the President of the United States for six long years to further his own agenda. Six years he pushed a lie out to his followers. In August, he said he would not condemn Nazis and white supremacists because he's a man who likes to get his facts straight first. Six years of pushing a lie about an African-American president. How is this acceptable in this country? The president's words and agenda are clearly violating the rights of 38% of the citizens in this country. I'm a white man who has undoubtedly benefited from white privilege, and I have a problem with Donald Trump being the face of this country. 
I love my country. I love the military. I love the Constitution. And I think the president is an embarrassment. Every day I do. If you're uncomfortable, good. That's the point of a protest. It needs to shake people up from the comforts of everyday lives to bring attention to the problems. Telling people to shut up and changing the conversation unfortunately happens, and that's part of the process. Civil rights fights in this country have never been easy, and the more people feel oppressed, the harder they will fight to get their message across. I, don't, I, I, I didn't have time to write a conclusion. It's very well done. All right, let me just try to try to sum up real quick. To be clear, I do stand for the national anthem, and I expect everyone else to show our flag respect during the anthem. I understand why people are upset when they feel the flag is being disrespected. However, in my opinion, these protests are well thought out and have substance behind them. Compassion and understanding is going to have a better result than anger and hatred. Let's get back to compromise. Let's get back to respecting one another despite our differences. Let's show compassion for people who are hurting and help make this a country where everyone feels safe and proud to stand for the national anthem. Docs 2020.